This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I just got to Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Brooming and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern Time, the only time zone that believes in separate tunnels to the locker room. And that means it's time for Debbie Debates. No Felix Sharp tonight, but I've got Chris Moxley and Matt Bruning here with me. I'm Austin Nace on a weirdly amicable version of tonight's show. I, maybe that's due to an absence. I I, I don't exactly know. Uh, we're going to talk uh, some some NFL draft stuff. We're getting toward the end of the college football season. We're going to touch on a couple of debates there. We're going to talk about the Auburn head coach job and maybe some buy sells as well. Gentlemen. Um, how about we talk Auburn first? That's that seems to be the hottest topic in all of college football this week. Um, Auburn fired head coach Brian Harson. I think at this point, pretty much everybody knows that um, a a long saga, uh, including an attempted coup this offseason that failed. They finally got him on the second try. Chris, I'll come to you first here. First off, I mean, it, this is a good thing for Auburn, correct? Yeah, it was untenable with Harson at the helm, right? Like after what we saw last offseason, it was probably not going to be sustainable. Uh, so much pushback from key players made this kind of impossible. Like this was just an inevitable outcome. Uh, I actually thought it was going to happen uh, at their bye week like two weeks ago. That would have made a lot of sense, but this week's as good of any. <laughs> What's funny, and I – I thought this was hilarious when it happened, right? They hired a new athletic director. He was Mississippi State's athletic director, um, lured him over. 20 minutes after he's announced that he signed the contract, Brian Harson's gone. Like, just not even the job for half an hour, and you're firing that coach. 
but yeah, this was this was inevitable. I think it's a good thing for for Auburn. Harson just couldn't coach. I don't know if he couldn't coach. I think he's actually not a bad coach. I just don't think he was ready for an SEC level jump because he was at Boise State prior. Going from Boise State to Auburn is probably a little too big of a step up. So I actually hope he gets a job that is something like the Colorado job, for example, because I think he could. I think he can coach. I just don't think he was a good fit at Auburn, and neither did the boosters from the beginning. Yeah, Colorado seems like the perfect place for him. I, I think Harson's biggest issue is in the SEC. You have to be a good recruiting head coach. Yeah. To win in the SEC, you have to have talent. You cannot out-coach the other. You're not out-coaching Nick Saban. You're probably not out-coaching Kirby Smart, who Auburn technically has to play every single year. I believe they're like one of the only SEC teams that has to play Alabama and Georgia every single year. Now, maybe that division rival, baby. Yeah, maybe that changes when Texas and Oklahoma come over to the SEC. Need to get a good recruiter. Uh, another reason this has been a big topic of discussion is it feels like a lot of people are opposite of Moxley and myself. I don't know where you stand on this, Austin, that Auburn is a good coaching job. Like it's a good opening. We had talked about, I know Moxley has mentioned it. I think Lane Kiffin would be smart to leave Ole Miss to go there as well. And people saying Ole Miss is the better job. Why? Because Lane Kiffin has made it a good place to be the past two years. Like, Auburn has actually won a national championship in my lifetime. Has Ole Miss even come close? Weren't they number one in the first college football playoff ever? Yeah, and then they I believe were. they lost like the sub the, the next week. Just actually. saying, yeah, I'm just saying. Like Auburn with, with I know all the talk is the the negative talk on it is the boosters, right? Like, well, these boosters do that. They do the same shit at Texas, and for the most part, I know they're five and three. Seems like Sark is somewhat navigating that, like. If you have a coach that comes in there is able to recruit and they're winning, then the boosters are actually on your side and they're putting in that NIL money, which they're saying they want to do. Like, I don't see where the negative negative is outside of that. Like, not everybody can run the boosters like Nick Saban can. Yeah, I the whole talk about how this Ole Miss is a better job is just ridiculous. Like, I think that's such a bad take for a couple of reasons. What is the best metropolitan area that Ole Miss is around that they can recruit to like Memphis Mobile maybe like I don't think Mobile's really a great city what's Auburn's they're the border of, of Alabama and Georgia yeah. like they can get they can recruit the whole state of Georgia really effectively it takes them two and a half hours to get to the other side of the state like Auburn's got the recruits Auburn spent 17 million more on their football Last year, then all missed it. So we know they're willing to spend. It, it, how many jobs can actually win a national championship in this country? 15, probably 10, 10 to 15, I, I think is the answer. Auburn is one of them. Ole Miss is not, in my opinion. Like, I, Ole Miss just does not have the recruiting hotbed in Mississippi and or a close metro area to pull it off. Auburn is willing to pay coaches that come in. And yeah, you get a sweet buyout at the end, but like they're willing to at least pay these guys. The boosters were still mad that they didn't get their guy. If, if you remember the original hiring of Harson, it was really like an awkward, weird situation where the athletic director who was clearly on his way out, made a rogue decision to hire Harson without the boosters really getting behind him. And so, yeah, that's going to cause a lot of issues. 
if they can be aligned on this one and whoever the hire is, like I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue. So I like the Auburn job. I actually think Auburn job is probably top 10 job in the country. And yeah. I just don't think like Nebraska or if you want to win, right? If you just want to coast by and get like nine win seasons, almost is perfect for you. So I saw some people kick back on that because they did say that that's what they said. It's like, oh, well, Ole Miss, I guess the, the expectations aren't quite there, right? Like Lane Kiffin could probably coach till the day he wants to retire at Ole Miss, even if he's only Fair. having like multiple, like if he's going seven wins, eight wins a season. You go look at what Gus Malzahn did at Auburn. He wasn't exactly blowing the doors off. He wasn't over here with 12 and 0 records, 11 and 1 seasons. Most of them are four, five, five, six, five, four, four, four lost seasons. And they held on to him for multiple years. Why? Because he was winning big games. And with, again, the expansion of the playoffs coming in a couple years, a school like Auburn, if they're winning most of these games, only losing a couple games, which I think they can do with Lane Kiffin. They're going to be in the playoffs. And again, I agree with what Moxie said. They are a program that can win a national championship. I don't know that Ole Miss would because I don't think that they will end up getting the recruits. And we've seen, like, I'm going to give Lane a ton of credit. We've seen the recruits that he's able to, he's been able to bring into Ole Miss. So maybe he's changing that landscape and he's changing the perception on Ole Miss. But I feel like if he were to go to Auburn, it wouldn't be as much of a show. You wouldn't have to go sit in the stands when it's negative whatever degrees outside watching Quinshawn Judkins is like the only person in the stands watching this guy. He'd be able to get the five-star running backs to come to Auburn. Now, Judkins has worked out for him. It's a great move by him. I think it speaks to how good him and his staff are. You don't have to make those moves. You can get those high-end guys, or you can get a Judkins a lot easier at an Auburn probably than getting him to come to an Ole Miss. So, like, I, I'm with you 100%. I don't get... I think people are using recency bias behind what how successful he's been able to be at Ole Miss the past two years and saying, oh, Ole Miss is the better job because look at what Lane Kiffin's done. And I don't think that's necessarily true. We just You just talked about some unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, Matt. I think you guys have unrealistic expectations. I don't think Auburn is a top 10 program, a top 10 job in this country. I don't think they're top 15. I think they're borderline top 20. I think there's a lot of things working against Auburn. You will always be a little brother, whether that, that is always a bad job. Michigan state is not a great job because you're always a little brother, a place like, um, like how are those two jobs comparable? One is, I, one is like I, two I, hours away from Atlanta. The other one's in, in freaking East Lansing. They don't recruit Atlanta. Well, though, that's the problem yet. They don't actually do it. Well, yeah, um, they recruit the state of Georgia pretty strong. Like that's they, where a lot of their recruits come from there. Their one year where they've been good in the past 15 years is because they lucked into Cam Newton. But still, still they have as many, they have as many top 10 finishes in the past decade as Ole Miss does. It's not some great program that you're going to come in there and turn that thing around. I think the only argument you can make is that they're probably willing to spend more money. I think as old as Lane, as Lane Kiffin stays at Ole Miss, I think he gets more and more cash to play around with. Um, I, I just I don't think Auburn is this great job. Quite honestly, I don't know. I, I, I think the expectations are too high for what that program really is, which is in uh, one out of every 10 years, you make a run in an SEC championship. That's the kind of job it is. That's not an, a great job. So I don't necessarily disagree with you. You said one out of every 10 years you make a run. What? So what is it for Ole Miss? One out of every 20, 30, 40 years? Like 
you, you you rank Auburn as a top. You said roughly top twenty. Well, let's go on the oh, 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 the the low end and say twenty. Where's Ole Miss at? Because they're not in the twenties. What are they? Maybe top thirty? Maybe. So like that's I think the point that me and Chris are arguing. It's not that Auburn is like a job you should could put up there with at all with USC, Texas, Oklahoma, these blue bloods. We're not saying that. We're saying it's better than Ole Miss, which everybody is kicking back and saying, no, Lane Kiffin should not leave Ole Miss for Auburn. I 100% think he should. I'm not saying it should, it's a top. It should be considered like up there as the elite blue bloods of these, of uh, college football. But if I'm Lane Kiffin, I would happily go. Like the one that doesn't make sense to me is I saw, or not even a rumor, it was on three reported. So I'm pretty sure they have sort of, that Steve Sarkeesian's interviewing for the Auburn job. That makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> Why? I have no idea there. Maybe it's just as a polite thing to do. Who knows? Maybe it was Sports Illustrated. So that's not as reliable as a source. But multiple people are like tweeting out that Steve Sarkeesian's taking that. That makes no sense to me. Lane Kiffin, if he were to, like, that makes sense. I would much rather be the head coach of Auburn than Ole Miss personally. No offense to any Ole Miss Rebels fans who, who listen to this. I just find it like they've been to two national championships in the last what? 10 years? 11 years? Yeah. It's been like how many? 12. 20, yeah, 2010. How many teams can actually say that? And like, literally one of them was Cam Newton, and the other one was a historically bad year for the AC, the SEC. I have their schedule up here from that second year. It's but, a fucking atrocious but schedule. Miss that, how, do it. how many teams one. can actually do that, though? Like, they also – what? They have what, – what, let's see. I got it up here. So they had a second-place finish in 2004. That's probably a little too far back to go. 10th-place uh, finish in 2017 under Gus Malzahn. And Gus Malzahn is kind of a – I don't know what to think about him. Um – but I mean, two like you can win at Auburn. You can't like you can win a national championship at Auburn. How many programs can legitimately win a national championship? Not get to the top four, not get to the final four, but win a national championship. And I think Auburn is one of those places. We've seen it done the last last decade. They've been to two national championships. Like you can't discount them. Whatever whatever qualifier you want to use, it still happens. Like you could still Auburn, Auburn won't make there. another national championship game in 25 years. I can almost guarantee it. Okay, they you just, want to bet? Yeah, I do. What, do you want? <laughs> what are the, what are the stakes? Who's who's the coach going to be? Even if Doesn't Lane matter. goes there, Nick Saban Jr. Mecca. Saban. No, I think he actually has only daughters. I don't. I don't think that he has a son. Hey, but coach too. We don't know. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, Nicole Saban Jr. Um. No, I, I legitimately think that they can get back. Like, what are your odds that Ole Miss makes a uh, national championship before Auburn does? Are the odds better? Probably not. Are they markedly better? Like, enough that I 50, would 55, change 55, jobs? 55-45. 55-45. Let's say Auburn's yeah, 55. Probably in, that, Ole Miss. probably in that range, yeah. Yeah, the furthest I would go is 60-40, but I still think that's too much for what these jobs actually are. They're about yeah. to all all be the second class of the SEC. This is yeah. with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. These are the kind of schools that are are about to be second class citizens. But oh, I'd rather have the Auburn job than the so, Oklahoma job. So why I think Auburn could take that next step in there again with with Lane Kiffin, which is what me and Chris were talking about when all this kickback came back. Is again, we just talked about. Whatever you think of him as a coach, I know some people don't think he's that good. Some people think he is. I, I happen to think he is a decent head coach. I think he's one of the better 
group, maybe maybe not in that upper echelon, but probably in that tier two of coaches, in my opinion, in college football. We know he's a good recruiter. You just mentioned the money they are willing to throw behind somebody, which we are now realizing probably matters. Maybe it hurts them a little bit with the way we've seen some schools like Miami. And I forgot who else I'm thinking of that's completely like falling off here because of uh, NIL, Texas A&M. So maybe oh, I thought that was I thought you were just making a rip that AM was not important. They're not important. That's why I forgot who they were. It took me a minute to think of them. Uh, but it, it maybe it does hurt them if because they're willing to do that, but I don't think it would. And I think that's again the reason why you can possibly put Auburn up there because I do agree with Chris. Like I think that Auburn matters more than Ole Miss too. Maybe to, to this kids. It's a different life now that a lot of these recruits are living, but I think that would matter more to them adding in the money part of it, adding in a Lane Kiffin thing. Like, are they going to be up there with Alabama, Georgia, Texas? If you want to put Oklahoma up there, whoever else, probably not. But I think they would be the top of that tier too. But I don't think Ole Miss gets there. Like, I think it takes, excuse me. I think it would take Lane Kiffin getting to the playoffs multiple times to put Ole Miss up in that tier two of the, that echelon of tier two teams in the SEC. And I don't know that they do that. Like I, they have a great year team this year and they're going to probably lose one or two more games. I, I, I agree with that, but I also am not really like, I prefer the Auburn job to the Oklahoma job. Like I, I, I think when Oklahoma enters the sec, I'd much rather be at Auburn if I was a head coach. Why though? Like it's not, it's not what's attract, what's attractive about the Oklahoma job. Once well, you enter the sec. History. I think the, the their blue blood status, which Auburn doesn't have, and the other thing about Auburn is they don't. As far as I've heard from their fans, they don't have like a booster base to do the NIL stuff really heavily. Well, I don't know if not, Ole Miss does either. I don't know if I if I I don't know if I believe that considering not, how much money they're paying to. <laughs> yeah, the reports coaches that, that have been fired. The reports that on three released recently talked about like they they apparently Auburn has a chance to be like one of the top teams when it comes to NIL. They're just waiting. They, they haven't done anything yet because I guess obviously everything going on with Harson would have been my guess. I'm just saying, look, like we I, got, I trust the it, war it, chest. It wasn't, it's it here. wasn't sports illustrated that reported that I trust on three when it comes to stuff like that. Like I believe, and just like Moxley said, the amount of buyouts that they're paying to some of these coaches, like I think they probably do have a decent amount of NIL. So here, here's the question in my opinion, are they willing to go out and pay top dollar for a coach, probably a fully guaranteed contract. Cause that's what it's going to take. Um, and if it is Lane Kiffin, who I, th- I like Lane Kiffin. I think Lane Kiffin can, can get it done at Auburn. If they're willing to do that and they're willing to commit to NIL, is there a reason not to like the Auburn job? Assuming those things are true and fall in order, right? Like they get a good coach. They have NIL. What is the reason to not like this job? Because they have the they, they're geogra- geographically they're great. Like it just it feels just like such a great opportunity if they're actually willing to invest in the NIL. They're actually willing to pay up for a good coach like that. Like it, it, if people say Nebraska's job is better than that, there's no chance Nebraska's job is better than this. Like no yeah. way. No, Nebraska is like not even a top thirty job in the country anymore. Oh, not anymore. And what scares me a little bit, and you touched on this earlier, that these kids like don't remember. You know how old these eighteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old recruits were when Cam Newton won the national championship? They were like seven and eight yeah, probably, years yeah. old. 
Yeah, but they still a lot of these players still look up to a guy like Cam Newton because of not yeah, just of course. In college, but what he did in the NFL. Like, who are you looking up to from Ole Miss? Is it Swag Kelly? Swag Kelly? Maybe it's I mean, like the only one I can think of is maybe AJ Brown, who's been phenomenal. DK Metcalf's been pretty good too, but like there's nobody there. Like I, I just I don't know. I, maybe we are wrong here. Seems like everybody disagrees with us. Like I, I just think Auburn is is. I don't think I don't it's know about a the bad Oklahoma job. Thing, I just but... don't think it's like this super job. I don't know. Well, again, I don't think we're arguing it's a super. Well, I'm not. I'm just saying it's a much better job than Ole Miss, which seems to be the kickback. I don't. I, I don't understand that. It's point. a top fifteen job, in my opinion. A top ten maybe was a little aggressive, but it's at least top fifteen. Just, I, I think a lot of factors play into it. I just don't think, and I don't think Gene Chizik and Gus Malzahn really did them any favors. In the perception of this job, like I don't think either one was a particularly good coach, even though Chizik won. But I mean, that was Cam. Well, what do you guys think about Deion Sanders? Is a name that's been thrown around a lot. This does not feel like the time for him to make that to take that job. But the thing that would be enticing about Deion is that reported purportedly he can recruit. I'm not actually sure he can do that at a high level at a big program, but purportedly he can recruit, and he comes with. Oh, a he definitely can. He comes with a quarterback. Is Shadur uh, Sanders again, a, good, which again, a good enough I SEC think, quarterback? I don't think Shadur Sanders is an SEC level quarterback, and there's a reason that he wasn't really getting those kind of actual so, offers. I don't think he was. He, ha- he was going to be South Carolina's quarterback before Dion took yeah. the Jazz State job. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, he wasn't really considered a get. So, but he comes with them, mm, and they don't have that on the ad, roster dude. right now. Like, I think that you know that that'll be a so, selling point. I would also say he's probably coming with Travis Hunter too. I don't, I don't think probably. Hunter stays if 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 he leaves. And Coleman. I could see him. Yeah. And Coleman, uh, Kevin, good friend of the program. Uh, amazing writer. So I actually think he could be a good coach. Be- I've not heard anything negative about him as a coach, a recruiter, anything like that. And it doesn't seem like he wants to be like, he seems like he's the CEO type, which I don't think is a bad thing. I don't think he wants to come to him. Like I'm be the offense coordinator, defensive coordinator. If he makes the right hires, why wouldn't he be? If he can recruit, like, again, I think that's all that really matters for the SEC. You're not likely going to outcoach a Nick Saban ever. So you've got to have recruits that can match with them, and you've got, in my opinion, get lucky here or there to beat a, a Alabama, to beat a Georgia with Kirby Smart. So I don't think that he would be. Now, he was in for, was it the Arkansas job before they decided to go with um, – yeah, he was he, Sam Pittman. Well, I, yeah, he, he, was came out, yeah. he came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, and he was, and he was in for the TCU job before they hired yeah. Sonny Dykes. So, like, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because Sam Pittman had never been any kind of head coach, and they decided to go with him. Uh, was he an offensive line coach before he got that job? So, like, yeah. maybe that was he didn't do good in the interviews. But like, I've everything I've ever heard talked about podcasts read is also that he nailed the interview. So, I don't know. I think everybody's making that reach because Auburn is, I believe, an Under Armour school, and that's who does all of of his stuff as well. I think he's going to get a shot eventually. So if it is at Auburn, I guess so be it. Like I don't think he'll be bad at all. I don't think Auburn's a bad spot for him either, for what it's worth. Um, I don't know that it's going to happen. People want him at Georgia Tech. I don't think he'll take the Georgia Tech job. I think he's aiming for a little bit higher than that, personally. Uh, I don't think like I think he would be good at Auburn. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's way more likely they go the Lane Kiffin route if they can. Um, I've heard Hugh Freeze rumored there. I mean, oh my god, if Hugh Freeze goes to Auburn, I mean, 
still, just, a top, still a top 15 job in the country if Hugh Freeze goes there? I, I don't alert. know. Probably not. Probably, probably not. I mean, would Hugh Freeze even be like... Would that pass the smell test for the SEC? So, like, would so they, you, would they like know, let him take this job? <laughs> you know how Auburn isn't actually a top ten or a top fifteen job because these are the names that we're discussing to take well, this job. It is Lane Kiffin. It is Hugh Freeze. What's wrong? And with Lane it Kiffin? is it is Deion Sanders. Those are all fine oh. coaches. But it is not the level LSU last year. What did they do when they needed a new, a new head coach? Oh, hang the on, damn hey, head hey. coach at Notre yeah. Dame. We've all talked about how that was a bad hire. So you can't say that all of a sudden he went, they went and got who they wanted. They went and got who they wanted. Do we know that's who they really wanted, or did they just be like, "Oh, we're going to no, get I, Kelly"? I, because for better or for worse, I think that is very much who they wanted. No. I don't think Lane Kiffin's a bad hire. Who? Okay, so who uh-huh. are you going to go get then? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Gonna Give go, me a name. You're not going to get Ryan Day. Well, that, you're not going to get El- Lincoln Riley. They're when, interviewing when, Sark. He's probably going to say no. When so Ed Orgeron got fired, job, what, 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 what were the names we were talking about last year? And then who did they end up with? We'll Dave see Aranda. who Auburn ends up with. But it's not going to be anybody that's in that class of coach. It's not going to be. Because there's not any of those guys available. Like, what if they... Kev, Brian Kelly wasn't available. Yes, Guess he was. What? They went out he there was. and said, we will open up the checkbook and Notre give Dame you whatever you want. Him. I think Notre Dame I wanted don't think to get rid of him. I think Notre they did. I don't think they did. And I still don't think he's an upper echelon coach, personally. So I think like you're. I think he's in the same tier as Lane Kiffin. So I don't I'd like the Lane Kiffin bashing needs to get brought down a level. What What schools in the country can go and take Notre Dame's head coach from them? Uh, Ohio State. There's Michigan, a list of Auburn, maybe seven or eight schools that can five to ten. It's yeah. not many, and Auburn and is not one of those. Oh, they're schools. in there. They're in there. No, 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 no. I don't think Notre Dame shops that good, but here nor there. Um, the blue bloodedness matters. Today. I think. Um, if you're Dion, real quick, one last question before we head on, like. I know he, he like he's a competitive guy. He thinks he'll win anywhere. But Auburn, like that roster is bad right now. They have basically no quality recruits coming in next year at all. It's like the 50th ranked class in the country. And I don't think that's going to change much between now and signing day. I have to think if you're Dion, you think that there's probably a better situation that'll come open in the next year or two for you. That you don't have to rush and take the first, you know, somewhat sexy name that that comes calling for you. I don't I don't disagree with that necessarily, right? Like it's not a good situation, but any school that hires Dion basically needs to commit to, hey, you're our guy, but four years five years like that is the timeline and like you're not getting that a lot at, at schools right like jeff collins at georgia tech that's what he asked for and like it didn't work like, he it didn't just didn't work out but i mean the margin is so thin but if you're Dion, you're like i need five years to rebuild this program get my guys in here who i want especially with the recruiting that it's been i think he can recruit at a top five level like i don't have any questions about him doing so I I think he I, I, he would not turn it around. It's like a top ten class. I actually think he probably could, if they actually went after him now, and said, "Hey, we want you to be our coach," and he is hired. 
probably not going to be able to get some of these early signing day guys. I would bet he flips a big name or two by national signing day. Because you think they end up like top 30? I think they could get close to top 30. Top 30 get... is not very good if you're in the SEC, though. Like Vanderbilt right. is like a top but 30. Going look what he's top... dealing with. Yeah, but sure. going from but top I mean, 50 it's... to top 30, like you got to start somewhere. Like I think he could flip a couple big name recruits if he was named the Auburn head coach or guys like – because that's what happened with Travis Hunter, right? Like nobody had any idea that was coming until like an hour before. And all of a sudden it's like, is this real? Like, is he really going to flip from Florida? Was it Florida State, right? Yeah, from mm-hmm. flip from yep. Florida State. I think that he could do that in his first year. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. Was Jackson State that good before he took over? I don't know, to be honest. So I still don't think they're that good. I mean, they beat up on the SWAC or whatever, but it's not a very good conference. Okay. So, um, I mean, like I, I think he could probably bring in some recruits this year and then it would have to be hard like heavy and hard into 2024 to really kind of turn the program around or transfer. They, they've relied very heavily on getting some of these guys that are like second chance. You basically at the G at the, uh, the F uh, CS level. I wonder if that would continue at Auburn or not. You know, do you go get Chris Marshall who leaves Texas A&M this year? Do you go get, you know, insert player that that's, you know, that, uh, had some legal issues this past year. Like, I, I wonder if he could get away with that at Auburn. Cause that's, he's built a large portion of his success off doing that. And there's nothing, and nothing. I mean, so these, these kids deserve second chances most of the time. Um, but it's just, and I, I don't know if that would fly necessarily at, at the, at Auburn. Isn't that kind of what Hugh Freeze has done too? And look where he is now. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk some Dane Brugler, um, who was on the Athletic Football Podcast this week and had, uh, as usual, you know, always has good nuggets of information to, to chat about because not only is he, you know, a pretty good evaluator, but he also is connected. He, he hears whispers uh, from here and there. Um, and had I had some interesting uh, discussions on, for instance, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. And I think this this race is starting to solidify itself a little bit more uh, we've talked a little bit about it but i don't know if we've had the official this year bryce young or cj stroud debate and now that we've got seven eight games under our belts matt where where are we at on these two guys right now it's bryce young for me it has been for quite a while look i like cj i do think he's a very good quarterback despite you know me semi rooting for him not to win that job last year uh, and and calling for him to get benched. Let's be honest. Semi I, I is very generous. I just want to throw that out there. I'm a, I'm a generous kind of guy. Um, I um, and and calling me calling me calling for him to get benched last year. He improved immensely over the second half, and I do think that he has been a good quarterback this year. I still have fears about the way that that is that offense has been schemed. We talked a little bit about this on the after show a while back. I don't remember when it was. It'd been a month or month or so ago. With the way that they scheme wide receivers, I know that he knows how to read defenses, and I don't know that he makes adjustments at the line. I see a lot of, and this is not necessarily like a this is only what CJ Stroud can do, but I watch a lot of Ohio State. You see a lot of this, see it a lot of other college programs. Set hut, defense reacts, he turns and looks to the sideline to see what Ryan Day wants to do. I don't want my quarterback going into the NFL doing that. You know who doesn't do that? Bryce Young. Bryce Young makes the adjustments at the line. He calls out the defense. He figures out what he's going to do next, and he does it. On top of that, he is an incredible improviser. 
He can use his legs. We saw it a little bit earlier this season where I think he rushed for over 100 yards against Utah State, and I don't want him to necessarily do that at the NFL level, but he can. CJ doesn't. CJ can move around in the pocket a little bit. He'll move laterally. He's not going upfield very rarely, and I don't even think he's that good throwing off platform. Everybody talks about, I think, is the one throw he made to Mayan Williams, where Mayan Williams had to learn like catch the ball in between his legs jumping. Then brought it down on the sideline. I believe it was in the first game of the season against Notre Dame. Like, I don't think he's that good of a, of a passer off platform like Bryce Young is. CJ Stroud has to be protected perfectly, in my opinion, in the pocket for everything to work well for him. If we're talking strictly from fantasy, why do I want that quarterback? Because I need him to go to a pass-heavy offense that's going to say, hey, we want you to pass the ball 40 times a game and hoping that he gets multiple touchdowns a game and 300 yards. That's not going to happen that much in the NFL. With Bryce Young, he is an improviser. I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but I can see him doing things like that. He's going to flush out of the pocket. He's going to find ways to make plays down the field. He's just a gamer. Do I worry about his size? 100%. Like there's, But it hasn't affected him. Like I've watched that dude take massive hits, and he's gotten one injury so far. It was a shoulder injury. He sat out one game. He's come back, and they're saying that shoulder still bothering him. Could have fooled me with the way he's played in some of these games. I felt he's been amazing. So I hate to say this. Like, I would almost put Bryce Young at this point in a tier of his own. And then it's CJ Stroud. And then there's really nobody else that I even want in this class. But I just have more faith in Bryce Young watching what he does week in, week out on a Saturday basis. Him being able to call his own plays, make adjustments at the line, shift the offensive line to give protection, call out defenses, not have to look at his coach to figure out what play is going to be made. He can make every throw that I believe C.J. Stroud can. I don't think his arm strength is that much different than C.J. Stroud's either. And he's doing it this year without any weapons whatsoever. C.J. Stroud struggled when JSN went out. It took him weeks to get on pace with Mecca, and Marvin Harrison Jr., who would probably easily be the top two starters for Alabama right now if they were to just do a trade and send him over there. Bryce Young was making it work with guys that would be like Ohio State's fourth and fifth stringers. Stroud has struggled with that, even going back to last year, to make those guys uh, be and be efficient in this offense. So that does worry me a lot about Stroud. It would be Young. I 100% agree, actually. I do not like... I, I don't want to say I don't like what I've seen from CJ Stroud this year because that's pretty harsh, but I don't think he's been nearly as good as his numbers indicate. I mean, if he gets outside of structure, he's terrible, right? Oh, I don't want to say terrible. Terrible is also a little harsh. He's not very good. Like, you you just hit on it. Like, he needs to be protected extremely well. And this Ohio State offense, and I know you've talked about this as well, Matt, it's very specific. And so it allows quarterbacks to excel at an incredibly high rate because of the way that it's run. And it doesn't really do the quarterback any favors. So like from a processing standpoint, you're not really needing to go through all your progressions and, and, and needing to make decisions like Bryce Young does. Like I think Bryce Young does that at an incredibly high level as well. I'm not worried about Bryce Young's size because his size has never really impacted his game per se. Like, he doesn't take hits. He's really smart about using his size effectively. Like he's a really good athlete, but he only uses it when he has to. Uh, I don't think Saban wants him running. So you're not seeing a lot of that, but you see more of it this year than probably we've ever had. I'm on the Bryce Young train and I just worry that CJ Stroud is like a little bit more product 
of his system than Young is, if that makes sense. I don't want to, I mean, CJ Stratz could be a top five pick probably. So like still a really talented dude. It's just if we're nitpicking and you know who is, shouldn't be a top five pick that shouldn't even be in this conversation, but it is will 27 pass attempts, 98 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, Levis against a really bad Tennessee defense. Just had to throw that shot in there against against our boy Will. Your boy Austin Will. I know. I know. I'm gonna be what what was your bet with Will Levis? If he's a first round quarterback that I get the uh the the tattoo. The which he will be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Problem. Purpose goose. Yeah, yeah, yeah fun so um it's gonna happen is stroud he floats in and out of games like a lot like it feels like he's not really in control of a game ever and then he'll have a drive that like he he does it i don't know it's very very odd i don't remember a quarterback prospect in recent times that has played like that like basically all of his great throws from the penn state game all came on that what was it late third or early fourth quarter drive yeah um where where he had like four fantastic throws and then the rest of the game honestly he kind of looked like crap. Um so uh fun times. I he's not the Heisman front runner anymore. Is he from betting odds perspective? He is. It's Hooker. Still. Is it Hooker? Okay. Yeah, it's Hooker, but barely. It's not close. I think by the end of the year this won't be close. Um Stroud just hasn't been that good. Um he, so Jared, I had a, Jared I had a, Goff? I had a question Jared. for y'all real quick about the Stroud and where where you rank him. Would you rather have Drake May or yes. Stroud? Stroud. Oh, I'd rather have May. I think so, it's easy to elevate these guys off of one season. I need to see it for more games. So while I don't necessarily disagree with you, Colin Decker, because you're giving off some Colin vibes here with 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 raising guys up. It's funny listening to Campus Life, how you're always raising these guys up and Colin's like, ah, I need to wait to see a little bit more. And now and now you're pulling that. I have uh Drop CJ Stroud below Drake May. So, yes, I would still take Drake May. My thing with May is, and maybe it's because I've watched a lot of North Carolina because I'm secretly hoping they find a way to make it to the playoffs, even though they'll probably get, like, killed in the first round. He's doing a lot of what Bryce Young has been doing. I, I don't know that he calls the offense. I haven't, like, paid that close attention. But his ability to play off script, throw off platform, use his legs, he's making NFL throws out there, having to carry that entire offense – and he's also like what six four, whatever. Like he's got NFL size. I think he can make every throw that CJ Stroud can. And he's doing it as a sophomore. Like you just mentioned right there, right? That CJ Stroud is never like I watch again every Ohio State game. In every close game, and I tweeted this out, every big game or every game against a defense, never once as a Buckeye fan when Stroud's been the quarterback, because I felt like, yeah, we've got this game. This is in the back. It wasn't until that fourth quarter that he really kind of took over. It was like, shit, we might actually beat Penn State, which we should be beating right now. You don't have that fear with Drake May. You watch UNC and Drake May, and it's like, well, could this defense I, get a stop for once? I was going to say, I fear UNC out? loses pretty much every game. But that's because um, of their defense, though, right? Not because of Stroud, not because of May. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, I understand not wanting it because we have only seen, what, eight games of him now? And I guess if you, it's a little bit more of a result base than we've seen of DJU, but we were all crowning DJU QB1 after two good, two good games. And look what that happened. So I get being a little bit hesitant, but like if you were asking me right now, 
if me and you were doing a trade, it's like, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you Drake May for Stroud straight up. I would take it just in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even so, think about it. So I, I want to say real quick, just I think DJU got elevated because it was a very dark time for Debbie quarterbacks in college football. Um, so I think that's a little bit of a unique circumstance. Like who were the guys in the class above him were Sam Howell yeah. and Spencer Rattler. And I think even though a lot of us liked them, we never thought of them as like game changing type prospects. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a little bit of a unique circumstance where now we have, we have some of those guys in college yeah. right now. At least we think we do. So yeah. then, and then May, let me, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, just, Mark. Yeah. I was just going to say may, like if y'all remember, like he was Alabama's guy for a very long time before Bryce Young committed. Um, Bryce Young committed, he decommitted, uh, of course, and went to North Carolina. But he was he was UNC's or Alabama's guy for a long time. He was their target in that class. And then the guy young. But like this is a dude that they believed in. And I, I think that kind of says at least a little bit as well about elevating him, even though it's a smaller sample. So I want to ask Austin, because I know I know where you stand, Moxley, on, on Strat, at least with May. Is it just Caleb Williams and Bryce Young then? Or would you not even take Caleb over Stroud? Is it just Young? Um, so right now I have Drake May as my QB5. Stroud's oh. QB3? Three, yes. Behind Bryce and Caleb? Caleb? Sorry, yes. Then uh, Quinn is four, then May five. five. Quinn for me, yeah. but you know. I, I still think Quinn, Quinn just has that effortless whatever yeah. that you can't really... I agree. Teach. And we like we people. Uh, this is a whole other discussion for a whole other day. People have been flaming Quinn Ewers. Do people not remember like Caleb Williams' third, fourth, fifth starts last year? They were atrocious when he got benched. So, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so like everyone's well, this guy was supposed to be a top recruit, and it's like we just literally watch the same exact thing happen. Like, let them learn. These are their their first snaps. The the biggest in in or I guess the biggest endorsement I could give for Quinn on that, and I hate giving this guy credit, but it's something Felix said that night on College Fantasy Tonight. In the fact that you just mentioned Caleb, we saw Stroud. Granted, they said they said quote unquote because of the shoulder injury. It probably was true, but he got benched as well at one point in time. All of these guys have been benching. What does Sark do? He's out there playing horrible. He's like, just keep throwing the ball, baby. Like he had so much faith in Quinn to be able to bring them back and win that game. They just kept letting him go. Even though if we're all being honest, like Hudson Card was not horrible earlier this year, and it's actually good until he got it until he hurt his ankle. They could have easily benched Quinn put Hudson Card in, possibly won that game, and they didn't. They kept Quinn in there. I think that just shows how much of an endorsement that is for how how good that kid is. Like, I mean, I'm with you on that. That was – that that I don't understand that one. But, but that if we're being honest, like to go in a deeper discussion we can have another day, that's the whole fantasy community that does this whole thing and takes one week sample size and either just jumps everybody up to QB, RB, wide receiver one or drops them down to whatever QB 50 because of one bad game. No, in they se- never do that. In no. in season for me, I my top 10 or 15 at a position will probably not remain. It will probably remain almost untouched. You know, you might see a guy flip a spot or two unless somebody craps the bed totally like Tyler Van Dyke has been nuked at this point. Um, Buchner. Uh, we, we finally saw enough of him, although that one was a long time coming. But like, uh, you'll see a lot of gaps, jumps for me of like, you know, 90 to 40. Cause I just, you know, I didn't think this guy would win this job and he didn't. He's looked good. But I, I, I think in season, you know, reacting to one game, two games like that is how you get yourself in trouble. I agree. I mean, just to, to that point, I've moved three quarterbacks so far this season, like that were in my top 15. It was Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, both dropped down. And then so did CJ Stroud. Everybody else has stayed the same. I haven't moved anybody. Oh, well, Will Levis has always been around 30 for me. So um, um, I moved probably, him up because I, you know, 
I wanted to believe in him progressing and all the first hedge. round talk. So it so, was a little bit of a hedge, but he dropped. Felix left us a, a show sheet of things he wanted us to talk about. And I'm actually going to ignore a bunch of the stuff that he has on here for one final question. And then we actually, uh, we, we met, we were supposed to give away the Jordan Addison Jersey last week. We had some technical difficulties. We have them fixed here for tonight. So it'll be given away at the end of the show here, but I actually want to ignore everything that Felix gave us. We can talk about that when he's actually here. Um, and Alex in the comments is saying, Caleb, what Caleb did without yes. his wide receiver one or two was impressive this week. Yes, it is Alex, which is why at campus to Canton, we had him as our player of the week in all college football. Yeah. Um, we agree with you. Um, I talked a little bit about this in a, on Back to Devi this week with Mike Valerie, uh, one of our, our Devi guys and, and uh, one of the hosts of that show. Uh, you can find that on the Campus to Canton podcast feed. He asked me about Connor Wegman, and I was kind of going through my notes. And you know, I, I, I had him as my, my QB6 coming into the year in the class, and he'd probably jump up to like four or five for me now. Um, but we were talking, and I said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with DJU next year at Clemson. We don't know if he's going to come back. We don't know if he's going to try to go pro. We don't know if that coaching staff will say, you know, it, push him into the portal very gingerly. We don't know what the, what's going to happen in that situation. But with that uncertainty today, would you rather have Kate Klubnick? Would you rather have Connor Wegman, who looks to have probably earned that job there at Texas A&M? I'll go first because my answer is easy. Yeah, it's, I don't want you to go Connor. first. It's Connor. <laughs> I had him above Cade to begin with. I, I think he's got everything you want in a quarterback and i've never once questioned anything with his throwing well maybe a little bit his accuracy but nothing with the velocity nothing with the downfield arm strength like i had with Cade. and i think we've we've mentioned this multiple times but you know maybe there's a new person who's listening to us today who's never none of us were that high on Cade until alan true of 24 7 sports told us well he just looks different in person and then we all moved him up if we're all being on it's like not one of us except for i think alfred I'll, I'll take that. Back. His Alan, elite 11 was really good. If Alan screwed us, we're bringing him back on the show. And we're going to ask <laughs> him about this. And we're lucky that he's friends with Felix. So we yeah. can do that. <laughs> yeah. He like Alfred, I believe was the only one who was, and I believe he has Kate at one has had Kate at one, even over drew, uh, drew Alar. It would be Connor for me. And, and I think, is it insane to say, I know he got a full game and we haven't seen a full game of, of Kate yet, but I didn't see, one thing from Cade in that game where he came in for DJU that I saw a whole game of Connor Wigman and a worse offense, I think is fair to say. And an offense that we were talking about the coach being needing to be fired. He's got a better weapon in Evan Stewart and Devin Achain. We were literally talking about this head coach needing to give up play calling duties two weeks ago. They couldn't do anything on offense, and Connor Wigman comes in there. And again, I, I stated this on college fantasy tonight. There was a lot of scheme throws for him. There was a lot of stuff that was fairly easy, one read, two read, go. But he was making a lot of good throws out there, too. I haven't seen that from all, from Cade, and maybe it's because it's small sample size, so I'll give him that. But it would be Connor pretty easily for me. I had I actually was a big-time clubnicator before the Elite 11, and then he balled out, and it was awesome. And so I moved him up like a bunch right after that. I just didn't think he had the arm strength to do it, and I think that he does. I, I thought his two-point conversion throw that he made in the Clemson game was the best play that he made, and I don't think it was particularly was, close. I was going to say I liked that throw a lot. Yeah, that, that was yeah. – not only that, he fought time too. That was, yes. it, it was, it was a great play. That was. He only attempted four passes, by the way. So, like, it's not like we – 
anything yeah. I've seen. Like, I, and I, have a com- I have I a comment on that here in a second too. Yeah, not, like, to, not he, to be an apologist for him, but yes. Like, yeah, he only attempted like four passes. Like, what? Like, what are you gonna do with with that? Right? Like, he's thrown to a weird game script, weird game situation. Like, I still have Klubnik over uh, Connor Wegman. I actually like Connor Wegman too. I, I I was someone who was high on him as well. I don't think the Ole Miss defense is good at all. I think they're really, really bad and have been trending downward pretty consistently, probably since the Kentucky game. And so I don't want to take too much from this throughout this game, because like you said, Matt, a lot of those are scheme throws. Like a lot of that was schemed up stuff. And I think when a defense is that bad, you're going to probably profit from those more than you would maybe in like a normal circumstance. So yeah, I'm not really bashing Cade. Um, I'm not, I'm just not making a movement after this. Like I, I had Kate higher. I'm keeping Kate higher. So I, I just said, you know, I don't want to be a Kate Klubnik apologist here, but I do think the game script is weird. The game situation was weird. And I know you can't expect the team to change the offense when they sub in a new quarterback and like midway through the third quarter and things aren't going well. You talk about, were, you can talk about his like 10 rushes. Up the middle. They were just running him up the middle. Like he was <laughs> DJU. I, I knew, like, I knew that's where killed. you were going. You're going to get him. DJ dude's like 195 pounds. He outweighs him by at least 40 pounds and has at least four oh, inches on the guy. Like, I was going to say 40, 50 at least. And they were just pounding him up the middle and he was getting crushed. It was just, I was sitting there like, I think they should maybe not call that play anymore. <laughs> Um, they must have done it what granted, 10 times. Granted, I will say that I really liked that Cade every time he did it got up and he was like fired up and he, you know, first down in and you know, really hyped. Um, but not to apologize for Klubnik because I would take Connor Wakeman over him too. As someone who had them, I had the, my tier two of quarterbacks in this class was um, Klubnik, Simpson, Nick Evers, and Wakeman. <sighs> Poor yeah, Alfred, Nick, Nick Evers. Evers. That guy, I was yeah. right there with you. Ooh. I think I had him as my QB five. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was right there with you. Yeah. So Matt, you had yeah. you had Cade Klubnik like in the eighties before entering the season. season. Yes. Have you moved him up substantially? Yeah, he's like QB sixty. No, he's higher than that. I think he's in the thirties now. Uh, maybe I just again, it, it's multiple things for me with Cade. Um, and maybe I'm. Being a little bit, uh, everybody says they don't have any bias in their analysis is bullshit. We all have some bias here somewhere, and sometimes it's subconscious, you can't let go of it. So maybe there is some like uninherent bias that I'm putting on here that I'm not really thinking about, but I still am holding on to. I didn't have him graded that high for me. I think he was like my QB seven or eight. And I didn't move, I didn't even move him up my top five even after the Allen stuff. I was like, I'm just not gonna do that because one person tells me to, and everybody else did. Like, I did not think he was that good personally. Then you throw him into Clemson, which granted, like, I, I agree with what Austin said on this. I and mean, you heard a lot about, I, I talked a lot about that in the spring training stuff or spring training, spring, uh, spring camp stuff. Like they all loved his leadership there. That's why there was all that talk about him possibly taking over that job. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a good football player. Clemson's offense is horrible. And I don't know that it's going to get any better just because K Klubnik's back there and it's going to be a better quarterback than DJU. I don't believe that he's going to necessarily be able to produce. So if we're only betting on, if we're betting on these guys getting drafted, I'm taking a guy like Connor Wigman, who I saw could go out there and fling it. He's going to have multiple, probably high-end prospects around him. And in Evan Stewart, if Chris Marshall's able to come back, they're going to get other wide receivers at some point in time. They're going to be surrounded by him. Going to have good running backs, good offensive line. Like, 
I just believe in what Texas A&M is going to be able to do around Connor Wigman, and he'll be able to produce. Like maybe he ends up being just as good, maybe not better than Klubnik, but I believe overall in what Wigman can do when he has around him. I had him graded higher that it's not like at all a thing for me. I just, I don't think club is going to turn out the way other people do, I guess. Well, if we remember, if we go back about a year, um, when I went on that show before the elite 11, we were trying to predict who was going to win the elite 11. And I said that Kate Klubnik was the worst quarterback I'd watched in the class out of 19 so far. <laughs> and they oh, went out I wrote, I wrote um, a scathing review of him ooh, before the late 11. Ooh, uh, made me look like a little bit of an idiot. Um, and here we are now. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think it just from a, a one of them has a job locked up for next year and one of them doesn't, you know, if you just want to simplify the argument to that, I think it could be as simple, simple as that. Um, I don't know that either offense is great. Um, but you know, I think that, that, uh, that's, that's a winner of an argument for me as far as I'm concerned. Do, would yeah. you take him over Ty Simpson today too? Who? You. Club Nick? Uh, no, sorry. Connor Wigman. Uh, probably as, as Ty Simpson's biggest fan. I just didn't like that Ty Simpson's going round fifteen when I when I said that. Um, but yeah, I I think I would. I, and I like I obviously like Ty Simpson, but yeah, I think I would. I think I would take Wegman above him. And I, I drafted a bunch of Wegman. So here here's a trade that I was proposed today, and it's with someone at Campus Canton. So like, I'm not going to name their name, but I am going to drag them on air. If it's Colin, he's a stingy ass. Watch out. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name their name. I was offered Queen Ewers and Ontario Brown for Drake May, Connor Wegman, and a 2023 first round supplemental pick. Holy crap. No, you, oh man. I all right. Uh you'll have to tell me who this is after the show. <laughs> but that's but like know. The May the May Wegman side is like clear, right? Like those are both ascending quarterback prospects. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I like I like Wegman. Um, I don't know how much I like him. I mean, I liked him coming in. I just thought he was a little undervalued in Kip's Canton leagues. So let, but, let, me go, uh, let me go through some quarterbacks that might be ranked, you know, closely to him in in, in people's lists and see. Tell me when to stop or you know who who you prefer, Connor Wegman or JJ McCarthy. Wegman. Connor Wegman, or you said you would take him over Ty Simpson. I think so. Yeah. Connor Wegman or Kyle McCord, assuming Kyle McCord wins the job at Ohio State next year. I think I'm going to go with Wegman, but that's probably close. Wegman or uh, then I, I don't know, like Hendon Hooker. I don't believe Hendon Hooker is a NFL like starting quarterback. So Wegman. Wegman or Devin Brown. Probably Wegman, considering I'm I'm getting less and less convinced that Devin Brown's going to be the guy next year. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, that you're the reason why. Uh, Wegman or Preston Stone? Wegman. That's a pretty interesting one because Preston Stone has a lot of uh, a CFF value. CGs, yeah, CFF value. Um, I think I'll go with Wegman because that's kind of like how I I play, but I understand the argument there. Okay. I just wanted to toss some names out and see. Matt, you, you, I don't know if you heard those. Do you I heard Devin Brown. I don't yeah. know who was before that. Okay, so so um, um, Pre- Connor Wegman or J.J. McCarthy? Oh, Wegman. Connor Wegman or uh, Preston Stone? What's your, what's your take on I that? I would still go Wegman. I, I see the value in having Preston Stone because of the CFF, but like I don't know that if they continue to let him throw it the way he did, I don't know that his value is going to be that much less, and I think he's got a better chance of getting drafted. So I'd go Wegman. 
what you can find. You can find a guy that produces like Preston Stone in like the 40th round of your CFF drafts. I, I think Preston Stone is a legitimate NFL prospect too, but I might be alone on that. Uh, was a very highly rated recruit in his own yeah, class. Yeah. Got to clean up some stuff in his game. Yeah, for sure. Um, or uh, Wegman or Simpson. I mean, I had Wigman rated higher. I was also a Simpson hater. I've come around on Simpson. Um, I know, Chris, you got me to come around on Simpson. All you guys did because you kept yelling at me. Um, he was ranked right next to Kate Klubnik in your rankings, by the way, at the time. Simpson was. I'm he was not. also ranked right next to Kate Klubnik in my because rankings, but they were quarterbacks three and four. So it's also um. because <laughs> I still held out. I believe that Jalen Milrow was going to win that job. I'm not so sold on that anymore after watching him play so much, but. You see, like, you see, like, um, starter Gilanora. I would still take Wigman because, again, I've seen more from him. He was rated higher beforehand. So I'll, I'll take Wigman. Wegman or Kyle McCord? Oh, Kyle McCord. Not even right. a question. So we'll, we'll end it on that one. We'll end it on that one. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, biased. I said it's there somewhere. All right. So before we get out of here, real quick, Matt, you have this fired up. You've assured yeah. us that nothing's going to go wrong tonight. No, it works. And I if promise. it does, it's your head. I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones lately. They do a lot of head on spikes. So I think that's what are, yeah, what are the consequences? Head, a head on a spike? I just get to keep the jersey. I think if it doesn't work again, right? And that what we agreed so, to. So, so you stole the company card, you bought this jersey, and now you get yeah. to keep it. This is not how that works, man. I mean, look, that's not what I was told. Um, no, uh, it does work. I ran it beforehand, so all right. So, and then just to give everybody an overview here. Like if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see we have this really nifty, it's like a draft pick lottery simulator everybody's in here uh, everybody that's entered the competition so far you can see in that right or like that middle column there it says how many entries that person has so you remember there are three ways to enter this contest <laughs> you could uh, sign up on prize picks with our promo code c2c and deposit at least 20 dollars. you could call into our better sports show 8 to 10 a.m every week on the better sports app every saturday morning on the better sports app or you could leave a review of one of our shows on the campus camp podcast feed good news for you if you don't win this one we're still giving away a signed uh jackson smith and jigba jersey we're going to give that one away this weekend on the tailgates which is our saturday other saturday morning show 10 30 to noon eastern on our youtube channel here or we have a signed Bijan rob uh, john robinson jersey that we're giving away next week on that better sports show so uh you'll see some people here have like a two beside their name it's because they've done yeah. two of these things uh, i think yeah. one person has a three yeah, uh, Luke. Uh, so for those of you, and some of you emailed stuff in, uh, some of you did not. So I was gracious. I'm just going to be honest. I, I was gracious enough to go through our reviews and pull your iPhone username. So for instance, if you're looking, if you're watching this, user 56485, bun, 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 a bunch of letters, like a lot Big of these bun, people, bun, 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 bun fan. Yeah, always have here. been. A lot of them are their iPhone usernames, so I really hope that you are going to listen to this at some point. You will have to get in contact with us and somehow prove that that's your username. If uh, if you do win it, uh, again, through campus2canton at gmail.com or if you follow us on Twitter at campus2canton. Uh, the rest of you who actually did email stuff in, we appreciate that. It's a little bit easier to keep track of. So as, as Austin explained, you got one, two, and three. A lot of these are the reviews, so you can see there's no like different whatever nothing weird going on there so submit and we are just going to should we do the top three in case do top one... yeah do top three in case yeah. uh somebody doesn't respond to us which we've had happen before all right so the winner is p win dynasty uh if you are listening to this how long do we give them like a week we'll give them a week yeah yeah we'll give them till next week's show and if we haven't heard back yet then we'll move on to the next person who is 
It is George12. It was actually our latest review on there. So George12 or Kyle Campos. So we will let you guys know, George or Kyle, obviously, if P. Wynn does not reach out to us. Again, reach out to us at Campus2Canton on Twitter or at Campus2Canton at gmail.com. Congratulations on your you're watching live. Signed, Jordan Addison jersey. I'm not going to lie. I don't really like USC, but they got some nice they, that, that color it's combo beautiful. is just the gold on the red. Good. Yeah. I really wanted to just like get rid of this Wilson jersey, wrong side, Wilson jersey and, and, and replace it with the JSN. All right. Guys, so if, you win, that, if you listen and you'd rather have Garrett Wilson, we can make that happen. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show here, guys. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time here, but we will eventually get him rescheduled. Uh, check out everything else here on the Campus to Canton podcast feed. Got something coming out for you guys every day. Um, for Austin Nace, for Matthew Bruning, for Chris Moxley, good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter Rippo caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Back up Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.